CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this Friday afternoon, and look who decided to stick around for the show. Guy there with a signature OA jacket and everything. Well, Guy and the traders are getting ready. Here's what's coming up on the show. That's what tech investors did this week. And there's something in the charts that suggests even more pain for some of the group's high flyers. We'll break it down. Plus, energy stocks coming into bloom the best performing sector this month. And one of the traders says there's one name that looks poised for a bigger breakout. We'll tell you what it is. And later. More than half the Dow is in a correction. But if you own one of the beaten names, Mike has a way to clean up some of your losses for next to nothing. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. Let's get right to it because tech saw its worst week since 2011, shedding a cool $510 billion in market cap. At the center of the chaos was Facebook, sinking 14%, but there were some other tech darlings causing investors heartbreak. Names like Oracle, Micron, Alphabet, Apple, and NVIDIA all getting crushed. The XLK tech ETF now on the brink of a correction down 9.9% from its high. So is there more pain ahead? Let's go out to Dan. Dan's taking a look at the cracks in the chip stock specifically. Hey, Dan. Yeah, hey, Mel, Let, let's look at the SMH DTF that tracks the semiconductor um, sector here. You know, this is one that's really massively outperformed over the last, you know, 15, 16 months, broader tech. And, you know, this outperformance that still exists this year, even with the NASDAQ down 3.5%, is, I think, an opportunity here, at least for traders looking to kind of be nimble uh, on the short side. If you are of the belief that the S&P or and or the NASDAQ are going back to those prior lows. We entered the year with optimism about M&A, about exposure to emerging technologies like IoT and autonomous driving and AI and that sort of thing. So now we have a situation here where the White House put the kibosh on the Broadcom uh, Qualcomm deal. We had sentiment reversal last night. Micron had good results and guidance, and the stock closed down 8% today. So to me, I think all this protectionist stuff about the tariffs could really hit this sector. So, you know, I just got to say, look at this chart right here, the SMH. I mean, it really looks like it's going back to that uptrend that's been in place. I don't think I'm saying that the thing's going to crash by any means, but I think that if the S&P and the NASDAQ go back to those prior Fed 9 lows, this thing is going back to the mid to low 90s. And I think there's an easy way to play this on a bounce. Let's say we get a little bounce Monday morning. When I was looking at this at 106, the SMH today, you could look out to May expiration and buy the May 105.95 put spread, paying $2.50 for that, buying one of the May 105 puts for $4, selling one of the May 95 puts at $1.50. That's your $2.50. It breaks even at 102 half on the downside, and you can make up to $7.50 down to $95 between now and May expiration. This is really looking to target a move just back to that uptrend. And a lot of technicians would tell you that this uptrend would still be in place if you had the stock at 95 and two months from now. What do you think of Dan's trade, Mike? So I definitely like the structure, especially given the fact that, as he pointed out, the sentiment was particularly weak in this space at the end of, end of this week. And I think it's kind of tough to press shorts here, especially when you consider that some of the big constituent stocks. I, I grant that the sentiment is obviously very poor in Micron. I still like that story fundamentally. 
I definitely like the story fundamentally in Intel, which is a cheap stock and SMH's largest constituent. So this is a way that you can risk a relatively small amount, about 2.5% of the index right here to make a bearish bet. And if, you know, if it is going to play out and there's going to be further weakness, we're going to know within the next 50 or 60 days. And that's how much time Dan has given himself here. May I ask Dan a question? Is that a lot? I don't sure. know what goes on in the show. Do you notice, by the way, I'm wearing a jacket on the way? I've, like, never seen you wear a jacket well, before. Well, because this is a smart show, and the only way... And you, I, I, you brought your glasses, I did. Too. I brought reading glasses. Should I put them Which on? Which I've also never seen. I don't know if Dan could see that. But my question to Dan would be, now, we're talking about a VIX that's north of 24 or so, and we haven't been able to sustain those levels so... I guess my question would be, are buying options in this environment, is that in and of itself a risk? Well, I mean, you know, so, Guy, when I started looking at this this afternoon, um, you know, the SMH was trading at 106. The fact that it dropped two points into the close by the time I sent the email about the trade idea and now the show just tells you that there is potential for extreme volatility. So to me, I think you have a situation. Mike just mentioned one of the biggest components um, is Intel. That is a low vol name for the most part. So volatility in this ETF has been relatively suppressed because some of those larger names. But if the market, the broad market, goes back to those lows, this thing is going to be back unchanged on the year. And that's really all I'm targeting here. So to me, I think option prices seem uh, pretty reasonable. The idea with this trade is you get a pop. We had a really horrible close today. You get a pop Monday, Tuesday. You look to put this thing out about, about 106-ish. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the things I quickly point out is that the reason the VIX is elevated is because the market is moving around. And what we aren't seeing is that options are grossly overpriced relative to that movement, especially in the indices and the sector ETFs like this one. All right. Well, as tech and the broader market get slammed, energy has emerged as a rare bright spot. Energy, believe it or not, is the best performing sector this month. And Mike here's got a name, uh, one name in the group that he thinks could see a bigger breakout. So what are you looking at, Mike? Yeah, so I'm actually looking at Halliburton. What's interesting, so this was a name that we mentioned, if anybody remembers, back in December on the long side. It's a name I still like. It has had a pretty wild ride in the interim. This thing is down sharply from its late January highs. And that's one of the reasons why I think it represents a pretty good opportunity here. First of all, this is a domestic play. The oil services business is obviously rip-roaring right now. And I think the best way to take advantage of that fact, the fact that the stock has pulled back, and the fact that we have higher implied volatilities, that is options premiums, which is what Guy was just pointing out right now, I'm just looking out to May, and you could sell the 47.5 put in Halliburton for $2.35. Now, I, I, when you get put the stock, if you are, at that strike price, you're going to end up owning it at close to $45. And that's a level that we haven't seen for quite a while. And we can clearly see that this is, you know, one of those situations where we're going to be capitalizing on the higher options premiums. We're capitalizing on the fact that the stock is significantly lower than it was. In a way, you're kind of hoping you do get put the stock in this particular case. Can I, can I, I happen to agree with that. It's just, uh -huh. I think I was on that TV show talking about Halliburton. On the long my, side. Yeah. My concerns yeah, yeah. back in December was a valuation concern. We had a whole conversation about it. But now if you look, I mean, Halliburton's going to earn close to $3.5 next year. Now you have a very reasonable valuation, probably 13 and a half, 14 times forward earnings, in an environment where oil looks to be going higher for a number of different reasons. So I like Coco Beware's play here. Yeah. Uh, I was going to add one other point, too, which is let's just say for the sake of argument that Halliburton just treads sideways from right here or goes a little bit higher. The worst case is that then you're just going to collect that put premium. You're going to be collecting between 4 and 5% of the current stock price in less than two months. It's a pretty good rate of return, especially when you take a look at the fact that many of the names that began the year shot higher are now basically sideways or even a little bit lower. Dan, what do you think of Mike's trade? 
So, you know, it's interesting. There was a lot of fundamental, uh, fundamental inputs. There was a couple technical inputs. But the most important ones for this trade, because it is an options trade, is really the fact that there's a very high probability of a small profit in this trade. And that's really what I think Mike is going for. He's not banging the table and saying, buy Halliburton here. He's saying that I think it's gotten to a level where option prices are that a very near-the-money put sale is a great way to try to take in a few percent over the next, you know, five, six weeks or so in this name. So to me, I like this strategy. Strategy, especially where there's a lot of uncertainty in the broad market or certain sectors, um, this is a great way to kind of dip your toe in the water, trying to get long or get some long exposure without being too aggressive. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's basically the whole idea here. We are trying to improve the probability of profit. This one has a relatively high probability of profit, which is nice. And of course, we're always happy to just collect some premium over time if we can. And that's what this trade is going to do if the stock just goes sideways from here. Well, for everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com, while you're there. Sign up for our super cool newsletter. It's so good that Guy can't put it down. I read it every night. I mean, with like your reading glasses. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. More than half the Dow has crashed into a correction. But if you own one of the crumbling stocks, relax. Because Mike Coe has a way to fix your broken trade for little to no cost. Plus... Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. The wild market swing sending the Dow into a correction and a handful of once high-flying names reeling. So what are some of the biggest Dow downers? Our Dominic Chu, who is never a downer, has the details. Hey, Dom. Well, accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. Latch onto the affirmative and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Right, Melissa? Anyway, like you said, we wanted to take a look at those blue-chip Dow stocks that have stumbled as of late. Out of the 30 Dow members, around half of them have not only hit at least a 52-week high so far just in 2018, but they've also fallen from those levels by 10% or more. Among the names on that list, you got aerospace giant Boeing, which along with construction equipment maker Caterpillar have become kind of barometers for the overall trade and tariffs headlines, especially when it comes to what happens in a hypothetical trade war with China. Boeing is around 13% below its recent highs. Caterpillar, meanwhile, around 15% below its recent high. On the fast food front, you got McDonald's. It's around 12% below those levels. And home improvement retailer Home Depot, which had been one of the bigger beneficiaries of the recent market rally, is now 16% below its recent highs. The biggest pullback, though, of them all, of those screen that we saw, is retailer Walmart, which is now over 20% below its recent highs. So, Melissa, those are some of the stocks that had positive trends just recently but have now stumbled rather significantly, ones to watch. Back over to you. All right. Thanks, Dom. Dom Chu in the newsroom. Well, if you own one of those stocks, don't worry, because Professor Coe has a simple strategy that could help you recover some of your losses. Mike's over at the Plaza with the call to action. Hey, Mike. Hi there. You know, so one of the most common questions we get on the option side is, I own a stock substantially higher than where it is right now. Is there an option strategy that can help me out? Well, I can't go back in time and fix a past mistake, but we might be able to help you a little bit by making a little bit more money if the stock recovers. So when we look at stock recovery strategies, this is an environment typically you're going to see higher volatility, higher options premiums. These are strategies you want to employ, provided that your fundamental story hasn't changed and you still like the stock. And the final thing you want to do is, of course, you could always add to your stock position, but what if you don't want to risk a whole lot more additional capital? So 
very quickly, we're going to take a look at Home Depot, which as Don pointed out, is off sharply. One of the interesting things here, though, is that I think this is a very good stock that may have simply gotten a little bit ahead of itself into late January. And obviously, we can see that it's fallen back fairly sharply. But if you take a look at a longer-term trend, I think this story is still a good one. This is a company that's trading about 18 times earnings and is growing the top line at anywhere from 6 to 8% and is the best operator in the space. So what's the trade? We're simply going to go look out to May. And what you could do is you could buy one of the 180 calls. You're going to spend $4.45 for that and then sell two each of the 190 calls for $1.60. So you're collecting a total of $3.20. All in, you're going to spend $1.25. You can add this to your long Home Depot position for every 100 shares. And basically, if the stock just rises by a buck and a quarter, you're going to make up the premium that you spent. But between 180 and 190, you're now going to double your profits. And the reason this is important is because very often, when a stock falls as sharply as it has done, it will hit a little bit of resistance when it gets back to that prior high. This is a way that you're actually going to make more money between 180 and 190. You're going to get called out at 190, but remember that the stock topped out around 200 bucks. So this is a way that you can essentially lever your gains without taking a lot of incremental risk. Dan, what do you think of Mike's strategy? I love the trade structure. You know, here's a stock that's down 17% since mid or to late January. So Mike is really looking to take, you know, um, figuring out how to double up a nine-point gain between 181 and 190 if you get that move over the next uh, month or two. So to me, I really like the idea. And you're taking advantage of high implied volatility, which is really helping finance this leveraged overwrite for all intents and purposes. So to me, I really like this trade idea, especially in a blue chip name like Home Depot that some holders may feel has just been unfairly thrown out, uh, you know, the baby with the bathwater. Do you feel that way, Guy Adonis? I don't like that. You know, I'm surprised at Dan. That's a lazy baby with the bathwater is just flat out lazy. Dan knows that he what probably regrets having said it. Dan, I'll give you a pass because you're in San Diego. <laughs> you don't and like it's the late. notion of throwing any babies anywhere. No, don't, you don't okay. throw any. But no it. bad. No, I don't. You shouldn't Why don't you stare baths? down your nose it's at those smart-looking glasses there are no you have. No, it's, being a, it's a terrible expression. Uh, Dan knows. Look, he's smirking. But I'll say this. You know, Home Depot now is trading basically at a market multiple. Maybe it got over its skis when it's trading 22, 23 times forward earnings. But the story hasn't changed in Home Depot. The report, I think, in the beginning of May. And at these levels, to me, it's a very compelling story. Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to get better than the guided 14.5% operating margins out of this business. Again, we're seeing great growth. They are probably going to get a one-time boost out of sort of big ticket sales associated with the recent storms. They often are beneficiaries uh, in that kind of a situation. And flat out, they outperform lows year after year after year. You know, their retail sales per square foot, 330 versus 260 for Lowe's. Lowe's basically has to build stores to grow revenues. Home Depot does it organically, and they're a very efficient operator. I like them a lot. Home Depot's also moving into a, a strong, a seasonally strong period, so you know, we it, could hear some guidance on the conference call you know about the weather. Like, well, Pete, they like I mean, plants. Pebbles, yeah, you know what he does. I mean, it's almost mulch season out there. Actually, it's probably not in Minnesota because they still have snow, but Pete goes out there and gets like 15 yards of mulch. Yeah. He's doing his thing. And for all you spring gardeners out there, where are you, where are you going, Mel? Where are you going? You're going to Home Depot. Going to the Home to Depot. Depot. All the contractors, but, yeah. too. They have a right. much bigger contractor business at Home Depot than Lowe's has, 40% of sales. So that's a very powerful driver for them. All right. Still ahead. Facebook having one of its worst weeks since going public, plunging 14%. of the charts are pointing to even more pain ahead for the social media giant. We'll tell you how you can get how bad it could get. Plus, got a question about the crazy market swing. Send us a tweet to add options action. Our traders will do their best to answer them later in the show. We are live at the Nasdaq market side in New York City's Times Square. Don't go anywhere. We've got much more options action right after this.
Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back on one of our winning trades. Now, two weeks ago, Cohen Carter said it was time to unfriend Facebook, and that worked out pretty well. On Options Action, it's how we maintain our social status. Risk less so we can make more. And that's exactly what Cole and Carter did with their very spent on Facebook. Carter thought it might be time to ditch the social media giant. I'm a seller of Facebook here. If you're long and got great gains, take your money off the table. Hmm, Mike thought. Carter's my ride or die. But just shorting the stock could lead to social suicide. So, to make a bearish bet, Mike instead sold the April 185 call for $5.70. Now, to keep all that money, Mike needs Facebook shares to stay below that 185 strike price. Above that, profits will trail off. But Mike won't see losses until Facebook rises above that call by more than the $5.70 he collected, or above $190.70 by April expiration. But remember, there is a trade-off. Because above that $190.70, Mike is still subject to infinite losses. So, to limit his risk, he then bought the April 195 call for $1.90 and created his bear call spread. Now, between the $5.70 he collected by selling the lower strike call and the $1.90 he spent on buying that higher strike call, Mike gets to pocket $3.80 on this trade. That $3.80 is the most Mike can make on the trade. And to keep all of it, he needs Facebook to stay below the 185 call by April expiration. Above that, he starts to see losses. But they are limited to the difference between the strike of the call that he bought and the strike of the call that he sold, minus that credit. Or above $188.80 by April expiration. Meaning, Mike can do something even the most popular power couple can't do. Make money whether Facebook drops, stays flat, or even rallies slightly. And since the time of the trade, Facebook shares have fallen 10%. Now, options action fans all over the world want to know one thing. What will Cohen Carter do now? Well, you might have noticed that Carter is not on the desk tonight. He's in Utah with his kids for spring break, but he did send us a little video. Have a great show. Hi, CNBC! <laughs> well, hi, CNBC. That's just, that says it all. Anyway, Facebook keeps selling. Market not good. Great weekend. Bye. <laughs> that was Carter and his son, Brewster. So, Mike, you heard uh, what the chart master said. Keep selling Facebook. So what are we, you doing? Yeah, we clearly had some news we didn't anticipate, which was much worse for Facebook even than we had anticipated. Volatility is higher, and this is now well out of the money. You could actually roll this trade down at this point. Brewster? I mean, is Brewster. he like royalty Carter? Seriously, you're not telling he me something. He has a fine lineage, let's say. Carter Braxton with Brewster. What's that I cat's think middle name? great. You know? I don't know. Um, and do you have anything to say about Facebook, or I'm just going to go uh, right to no, Dan? No, I'll have something to say to Facebook. Right. Valuation in Facebook is reasonable. Advertisers aren't walking away. And it's, as I said last night, it's easier to mine Bitcoin than it is to delete your Facebook account. You would push back and say, guy, wait a second, engagement's going to wane. Maybe. Maybe. Do you think I'm it's going to so, bounce back, though? I think it will, because people are so stuck on I'm stuck on Band-Aids because Band-Aids stuck on me. Same thing with Facebook there, Melms. I don't know. Did you see Elon Musk today? He deleted his SpaceX and Tesla Facebook pages, Dan. I mean, all you need is a Kardashian yeah. to do that, and who knows where you'll end up. 
I, I think this uh, this sell-off that we had in the broad market in February, you know, really did a lot of traders a disservice because we had that V reversal. To just let's go back to Apple for a second. It went from 180 down to 155, and then rallied back and made a new high into early March. If you're expecting that sort of move now with Facebook after it's down 10% on the year and it's also down from the mid-180s, I think you're sorely mistaken because what's happened here now, to Mike's point just before, is there's some really serious fundamental news. And this is going to take weeks, months, maybe quarters to play itself out. So to me, Facebook is not the trading vehicle that you should be looking for for a snapback or a V-reversal to buy the dip in social, in my opinion, not at least until we get some more clarity about regulation and what what this company is going to do and how much it's going to cost to do them and how much is going to weigh on their margins to get their situation under control. All right. Up next, tweets and the final call. Time to take some tweets. Uh, and this tweet is, uh, what is your take on Nike after earnings? I bought a $65 put out to April before earnings. So, Dan, what do you think? You've got an open trade on yep. Nike. Yeah, that was the trade essentially I did last week. I think you take it. You got bailed out here with the market. Good quarter, good guidance about North America. I think you move on on this one. All right, time for our final call. Last word from the options pits, Mike. Stock recovery, May 180, Home Depot. Guy, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Melissa, and thanks to all the OA fans out there for being so gracious. That's it. Okay. Our time has expired. <laughs> I'm Melissa Lee. We're off next week, but don't go anywhere. Mad Money begins right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.